Hello, this is ASEAN Movie Pulse interviews. I am Panos Kodzathanasis, and today I'm here with Al Jeffrey Mohamed Yusuf from Malaysia. Hello. Hi. Uh, so, to begin with the questions, uh, you deal with movies, TV, and also theater. Which, That's right. What do you prefer to do, though? <laughs> oh, uh... I started with theater. Uh, uh, I think 25 uh, years ago, I started with theater. But the first love has always been uh, the movies. I mean, I, I, I fell in love with it at, at the age of eight. And I only got to be a filmmaker at the age of uh, 40 plus. But then again, if you ask me, then uh, film is my first love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what would you say is the easiest or the most difficult of the three? <laughs> I mean, I mean, both have its uh, both has uh, its strength and weaknesses. So uh, the difference between theater and and film is uh, quite obvious because uh, when it comes to theater, you kind of like get a response from the audience right away. If they don't like it, you can see it right in their eyes. But in films, I mean, the, it's not it's not like that. It's a different way. The same thing goes to the way it is being captured uh, on theater. You you go for a rehearsal for months and then you perform right in front of the audience. But for films, the process is much much longer. I mean, I mean, like like for example, my last film, Minchet Rahman took Mujahid Rahmat like four years, three to four years before it reached white audiences. So difference are pretty much good. But I know I can't say. I think both, uh, I, uh, firm is, I think, slightly more challenging than, than doing theatre. I mean, from my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, you also write scripts. Oh. Yes. In fact, I started as a script writer. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Where do you usually draw inspiration for your scripts? Well, uh, the greats. Uh, I my favorite uh, screenwriter is uh, Billy Wilder, uh -huh. uh, and and uh, in fact, uh, if you ask me, then the greatest film ever made is The Apartment by Billy Wilder, the one with uh, Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. So, so that, uh, because I thought that the script was brilliantly written, and that is when I decided to become a scriptwriter. I decided that I want to write script because, because uh, when I saw that film when I was a kid, it totally blew me off how well the, the screenplay was written. So if you ask me, then uh, my inspiration would be uh, Billy Wilder. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. And uh, you were also involved in uh, Dukun by the inside the film. Yes, yes. Can you tell us a bit about your cooperation with him and the film? Yeah. Well, I was introduced to Dane uh, in 2004, I think. Yeah, something like that. Because Dane, Dane used to uh, direct for TV commercials before he uh, switched to feature films. And then Dane at the time was looking for a writer. 
to write for him, for a scriptwriter. And an actor introduced me to him. Say, I think he said something that this guy is the perfect guy for you. So we met, we instantly clicked, and I wrote a made-for-television uh, movie for him, which didn't happen. And then, and, and then when Dane was asked by Astro Shaw to direct Dukun, uh, at first, he hired a writer by the name of Uze Sulaiman, uh, who is in Singapore right now. Uze wrote uh, a wonderful first draft, which was written uh, totally in English. So, and then obviously, they need someone to uh, translate it from English to uh, Malay. So that's where I come in. And I guess the rest, I think it took us, uh, we wrote together, and I think it took us around six months to finish the script. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, how did you feel when the film was finally uh, out <laughs> after so many years? After 12 years. 12 years. Uh, it's, uh, Dukun is a very important uh, milestone in my career because uh, the moment after we got to know that Dukun is not going to be screened uh, in 2006, I think obviously we were frustrated. I think uh, Dane was even more frustrated. So what happened is that uh, he was offered Uh, to do another made-for-TV uh, made-for-TV movie and, and he approached me and he asked me whether I would like to be involved or not but then again in this case he said that it's not just for writing the script he wanted to me to co-direct with him so that is I never I never wanted to become a director I mean mm-hmm. I prefer to write because if I write I will only deal with myself. I don't have to deal with other people. Uh, but then again, he asked me to co-direct with him. Uh, and he was very uh, persuasive. So, uh, so we did it. And I think it was very well received. And that is when I decide that maybe, just maybe, I can be a director. So that, that's how we all started. There. But I can, I can tell you that This is all because of Dukun. If Dukun, if the if the journey of Dukun went very well, then I would probably still be a writer today. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, all right. And uh, recently, you have started cooperating with uh, Movie Malaysia. You have handpicked yeah. some movies that they screen. Can you tell us a bit about your cooperation with them? Uh, well, my my. Uh, My collaboration with Movie Malaysia started when I decided to screen Mujahid Rahmat exclusively on movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all I started. Uh, then, uh, Movie approached me, uh, asking me whether I could uh, list uh, 10 films from, from their vault that I would, I would uh, suggest the audience, I would curate for them. So, so, yeah, that is all started. That is when I came out with all the 10 titles. Mm-hmm. And in general, what is your opinion of streaming platforms? Like nowadays, which is a big trend. Is it a good thing for the industry or negative? I had <coughs> my doubt earlier on. 
because because obviously there's no way that we can beat uh, watching movies at the cinemas mm-hmm. because I grew up watching films at the cinemas. I mean, and then the, the experience, the, the experience is totally like you cannot beat. I mean, the the only way to enjoy film the fullest is through watching it at cinemas. But I guess you have to grow with technology, and then uh, COVID nineteen came. Uh, we experienced like three stages of uh, lockdown here in Malaysia, where we cannot go to the cinemas at all. So then, then came the realization of how important uh, the streaming service, uh, the streaming services are. I mean, then came the stage where I have to accept the changes that, that we we must acknowledge that. This thing is important. That it, it's a different world right now. Uh, so that is also when I decide to. We discuss with the producer and we decide to screen, Munchai um, Rahmat, at movie instead of a cinema. Because earlier on, it was uh, it was scheduled to be screened at cinemas, but because of the, the three stages of uh, lockdown here, so we have to we have to meet that very important decision to to screen it at movie instead. Uh, so if you ask me, I, I, I remember this, uh, this uh, uh, story about how Roger Dickens was very adamant into not changing from, from firm to digital. Uh, but then again, he realized that the world has changed and there's a lot of things that the g- digital technology can do. And that's when, that's when that's where I learned that, you know, somehow you need to grow with the technology. I mean, there's no way that you can stick to the old. I mean, cinemas will be there. It won't change. But then again, there's also this thing called the streaming service. And, and, and well, I'm embracing it right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And uh, regarding uh, Manchari Rahmat, you decided to adapt the importance of being earnest. Yeah. Why? Why ah, that okay. particular title? I first read Ernest a very long time ago. I think in 1981 when I was uh, 15. Uh, I realized that the subject is, is quite near to our society here in Malaysia. I mean, though the, the, the play was first uh, staged in 1895, somehow I have, uh, I have the idea that the subject is very close to my society. So I thought that the best way to share whatever that, what I discover from Ernest is that uh, we uh, humans uh, are never free to become ourselves. Uh, we, we humans are always subject to the society's uh, judgment. We are afraid to be our own self. The only time that we are able to be ourselves is in the bathroom alone in front of the mirror. <laughs> The moment we step out of the bathroom, we assume a different personality. So, so from that idea, I decided that Ernest needs to be adapted into, into the Malay language. So I start, but it's only 10 years after that, I start writing in 1991, I start writing the script. And it's so difficult uh, because of Wild's style of writing, his read and language. Uh, it's so difficult for me that it actually took me 10 years to finish it. 
and and uh, I finished it in 2001. We did we we staged it in in Kuala Lumpur, uh, and it was very successful. Uh, and then I decided that maybe now I can start thinking about adapting it into a film. Mm-hmm. But only in 2016 that it happened. It finally happened. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's kind of your fate, your projects in movies taking a long time to come out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a long wait. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. And uh, how was the reception uh, of the film? Uh... Uh, it's very good. Uh, when before that, in 2018, we did some exclusive screenings around the country. And all of the venues were sold out, fully booked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and at first, I'm I'm worried because uh, I think it has never been done before here in Malaysia, uh, a play being adapted into a into a film, and we were very uh, we were we stick to the to the theater format, the way they speak and the location. There's only two locations, and most locations are interiors. And and they are no action. They are talking. It's all dialogue from beginning to end. So I'm I'm personally I'm a bit worried as well, because uh, how the audience will take it. But I guess uh, the saving grace is that Mencari um, Rahmat uh, being a comedy. Uh, it, uh, it turns out that the audience love it because of the comedy, and because of the scandalous nature of the story. So I guess they they like it. And and uh, even even from my under, uh, from my from what I was told, it also became a hit at movie. So so maybe we can do more. I mean, uh, with this kind of film. I mean, in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in the film, the two male protagonists uh, feel pre- some kind of pressure from their environment, and they have to invent two different selves to enjoy themselves. Is that like a fact? Let's say in Malaysian society, sometimes like this kind of people feel pressure. Or? Oh, it's uh, it's interesting that uh, a lot of people uh, question when I first cast both of them. Uh, Namron and Amirul. I think a lot of people uh, question my choice of uh, casting because uh, because uh, according to them, uh, both Namron and Amirul uh, doesn't have the rich guy kind of persona. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and and the fact that they have never been casted as rich guys before. <laughs> but I think I think uh, on that. Uh, I what I said to them is that I need that. That is what I want, because I think what these two actors, these two excellent actors, can give me is the kind of I need. I need the kind of edge in the character. It's like it's like I mean it's a comedy, yes, but sometimes both both actors can give the idea that you know these two characters can, you know, are, are such on the edge that they can explode anytime. I mean, uh, the way they talk, uh, the way they look, they, they, I need that. I don't need uh, the kind of actors that, you know, you look, that will, if you look at them, the guy next door type. I, I want something that is, you know, I want something that, somebody that looks like a criminal. So it's not, <laughs> so, so, so that's the reason. And yes, 
they have uh, they feel some pressure on set in order to because they believe that they, they need to act like a people who doesn't have to worry about money anymore because they need to i mean i mean the way they act the way they move will have to change because these are two people that have lots of money that they don't have to worry about that for the rest of their life so their approach has to be different than the way they are so and luckily i think the the we rehearse for almost for almost two months uh, every uh, five days a week so that helps a lot i think i think towards the end when we reach the set and we did another rehearsal on set i mean they finally got it they finally got it they finally got what they want and they finally got what i want so the process is not easy although the, these two are very experienced actors but it was one one i uh, it was one hell of a journey mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay yeah. and uh, would you say that malaysian society is segregated that there are classes different classes of people very clear distinction well, well it's not you see there are things that we there there are things that they are always out there in the open where you can see it but in this case it's not it is uh, it is something beyond it is something inside them because because now i mean although that there are some very clear uh, class struggle uh, in any any parts of KL uh, there is this aspect where i call that we there's no such clear uh, visually there's no such clear indication that this guy came from the working class family or this guy came from rich family they are almost like like it's not out there in the open it's always something that is inside uh, what i'm trying to say is that it's not like it was before before it is very clear you know these people live in this such house that we show we will automatically think that they are poor and these people live such big house that they are rich but the gap the visual the gap the physical gap is not that clear anymore but in reality it is clear they are very rich people and they are very poor people it's just that it's not like before before it's a clear cut you can see it and physically that they are poor and you can see physically that they are they are rich but in this case this time it's not that very clear i think that is a bit tricky that is the trickiest part because we cannot identify i mean everything is in the side when you suffer you suffer from the from the within instead of uh, instead of uh, instead of something that you can very see clearly and that is what mcheik rahman is trying to address that issue and 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 all the dialogues indicates i'm trying to indicate uh, whatever that i think is going on with the country through the dialogue and and it is pretty much uh, clear that uh, the dialogue stated uh, all of my concern or all of my questions that i'm trying to ask Mm-hmm. And would you say there are uh, significant differences between people living in the urban centers and the people living in the country? It's also kind of yeah, that, different. That's that's the unique part because uh, because I uh, I uh, am married to uh, my wife is from the eastern eastern part of the country. Mm-hmm. So so it's called uh, Kelantan. Well, uh, supposedly Kelantan is supposed to be one of the not so very developed 
state in the country. But if you go to Kelantan, you see a lot of rich people there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a city, but you see a lot of people driving expensive European cars, uh, living in huge bungalows. So, so, but generally, we assume that it is a state where it, it is the poorest state in the country. But if you go there, you'll see indeed a lot of individuals who are not as poor as we think they are. So that's the unique part. That's what I'm trying to say is that, is that uh, we still have that problem. I mean, I mean, we still have and lots of it. There's a lot of poor people in this country. But then again, but then again it is made to that. Uh, it is made to look like uh, it's not the problem, where else actually it is the problem. So it is unique. It's not like it used to be like 30 years or 40 years before, where you can actually identify who is poor and who is not. So, so I, think, I think that's the tricky part. And that is what, uh, part of what Mr. Rahmat was trying to address. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, and can you tell me a bit about the cinematography of the film? What you wanted to do in the visual aspect of the film? Yeah, uh, I uh, was very much influenced by these four films. One is uh, Sydney Lumet's Twelve uh, Angry Men, mm-hmm. and uh, another Sydney Lumet's film, which is Long Day's Journey into Night, one with Catherine Hepburn, and the other one is uh, Mike Nichols' uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Richard Brooks, uh, The Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. All, all of the, all these four are adaptation from plays. And the way they shot it, it was, it's very stagey, meaning that there are only like two or three locations in 12 Angry Men. And there's uh, only almost uh, two locations in The Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. And the same goes to the, to the other films. So when I talk to my, my cinematographer, Matt No. I told him that I think uh, first I think we need to shoot with two cameras because because our scenes are long. I think I think the the first scene, first and second scene, is I think more than 50 minutes mm-hmm. uh, long, and uh, and it's very difficult to. Ca- I mean, I hate the idea to have to ask the actors to repeat uh, again and again. So I guess the best way to shoot uh, with two cameras. One, one main camera and the other one on, on uh, Steadicam, which is on, uh, on Gimbal. So, so and, and uh, if you realize that the first scene, the second scene, we, shoot, we use 62 different shots, uh, which ended up in the final cut. So why? Because I think the shots need to be dynamic enough uh, to be able to forget Uh, to, to make the audience forget that the movie is all about dialogue. So, you, uh, as you can see, uh, that in that particular scene, the camera moves a lot. Uh, and, and, and most of them are single-tracking shots where, 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 we did, where we did a few long shots. I think the most, I think, took two or three minutes uh, in one take. So, I think, because I think we need that. We have that. We have to do that in order because uh, our problem is that the movie is not an action action film. It's a dialogue filled film. In fact, it's it's uh, we have that people talking from beginning to end. So the camera movement and the way it was shot has to be dynamic in order to in order to compensate for for lack of action. 
Mm-hmm. And also, this approach was difficult for the actors because they have really a lot of lines and the scenes, as you mentioned, are very long. So was it difficult for them? It is. Uh, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. These are all experienced actors. I mean, they are all stage actors. I mean, they, they, they start from theatre, all of them. But, but uh, none of them has ever done anything like Mujahir Ahmad before. Mm-hmm. None of them. Because uh, they are used to theatre. But this is different. This, we shoot theatre on camera. So, and the way we shoot it, we shoot it like a feature film. So it's very, very difficult for them. And, and, and it, even more difficult because the way, I mean, the way they speak is not the way they speak uh, in real life every day. It's mm-hmm. a very, uh, it's a very uh, classical way of, of speaking. It's not the usual Malay. It's not the, the kind of, the kind of uh, way that you speak on the streets. No, it's a very, it's a very classical way of talking. So mm-hmm. that alone takes them weeks to master. So yes, it's a very difficult, uh, it's, it's a very difficult process for the actors and for me as well during the rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And, and in those long scenes, uh, what happens when someone makes a mistake? Do you have to <laughs> shoot the well, whole thing from within? Unfortunately, if that happens, we have to repeat again. Mm-hmm. But then again, I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of a miracle. Uh, I think we only have one or two scenes that we have to repeat. The rest, I think we did just like one or two takes. Mm-hmm. So, so, so... Maybe it's because of the extensive rehearsals that we did. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. But yes, I, I have to admit that it's extremely difficult. Okay, okay. And can you tell me a bit about the casting of the female protagonists? You mentioned about the men, but how about the, the women? The yeah, team? yeah, yeah. The two uh, females, uh, very interesting because uh, I've worked with both of them before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always wanted to cast uh, Nad- uh, Nadia. Nadia played Rose. I always wanted to cast Nadia because when when we when it's confirmed that we are going to do Mujahid Rahman, uh, the first name that came into my mind is Namron and Nadia. Namron being playing the lead, uh, Raza, and Nadia playing Rose because I've uh, they acted for me before in a in a in a Tali movie, and and I thought that their their chemistry is great. It's, they have this like kind of like offbeat kind of chemistry. It's not like the usual chemistry that you get uh, in any film. It's, it's a bit, it's a bit off. That's what I like. Uh, Namron is much older than Nadia, but somehow they work together as a couple. I think it's a dysfunctional couple. So, so then I had Nadia, and she's very good. Uh, I love it when my actors can sing as well. Mm-hmm. That helps. It's sing and dance as well. That helps, especially in long scenes. So Nadia is uh, Nadia is from the musical theater. She can both she can act, she can sing and she can dance. I think that's the advantage. Uh, Nani uh, Sharifa Amani, who played Ratna, uh, is quite uh, is well known before because she used to act. She used to be the main actress for the late Yasmin Ahmad. Yeah. So and then uh, and uh, she acted for me. In one of my very popular telemovies uh, called Melo vs Rajawali. And uh, that was very popular. And, and I remember her being perfect because 
she was acting as a 17 year old at that time she was already 29 and and uh she was perfect for the role and then uh that's the reason when i cast when i want I, i'm casting ratna who is 19 uh i need i of course i can ask i can cast a 19 year old to play her but then again i also need the maturity uh because Ratna is not the typical, your typical 19-year-old. Ratna is different. She's always in control of things. Uh, at least that's what she feels. So, so I thought that, yes, uh, Sharifah Mani might be like in her late uh, 20s or early 30s. But I guess uh, there's no one else that I can cast as Ratna. She's the perfect for it. So that's when I decided uh, both female will play the female lead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, and uh, what is your opinion of Malaysian film industry at the moment? Uh, well, it's uh, it's much better than it is a uh, few years back. In fact, uh, it uh, it peaked in two thousand eighteen. I think we have uh, we the box office uh, the box office uh, taking was quite high. And we have a lot of movies. Uh, we have a lot of critically acclaimed films. But I guess uh, if you ask me honestly, I said that it could have been better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, uh, the rate of growing is a bit slow. Uh, I mean, the as you can see in 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 Southeast Asia, a lot of uh, a lot of the development. Uh, fell onto the film development bodies, like what is happening in the Philippines uh, with the FDCP in the Philippines, which has did, uh, which are doing, in my opinion, very well in 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 developing uh, the film industry there. Uh, ours, I think, is still a little bit too slow, because because uh, there are aspects that are not being seriously dealt with. For example, uh, film archiving is very bad here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I mean, if you want to watch any of the classics, it's very hard. It's not like, uh, I give an example like, like last week when Bruce Willis announced that he has quit acting. So I think there's a lot of number of people who are looking for Bruce Willis film. Of course, they can find it because they are very well uh, archive. You can watch Die Hard anyway, but let's say here uh, three days ago we had a discussion about a legendary Malaysian actor by the name of Nordin Ahmad who died in the 70s at the age of 41. He acted in some of the greatest uh, Malaysian film ever made but it's difficult for you to see it anyway. You can't find it anyway. I mean you can't find it on, on any streaming services because it is not very well archived. Mm-hmm. I think that is a, that I think is that is the major weakness in this country. I mm-hmm. think we need to really uh, uh, go faster in this archiving process because that's what we need. I think that's what firm lovers, the firm lovers like me, are asking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, how is the situation with the censorship now? I remember that it used to be very hard, but it's a bit better now. Well, you see, I don't 
Mencari rahmat was quite controversial. There's a lot of provo- provocative elements there. It's a bit of drugs. There's a bit of uh, uh, profanity. Some some sexual discussion, sexual conversation. But uh, the censorship board released it uh, with no cuts. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, of course, the rating was 18 and above, but no cuts uh, were, were, were asked for us, mm-hmm. which I'm glad. The censorship board could be better because I think the main, the main uh, mistake that is being made is that uh, our firms are being censored. And, and at the same time, it is being rated. Meaning that, uh, meaning that there are firms that is rated for 18 and above. And yet, it is still being censored. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so there's a bit of confusion there between, between censorship and ratings. Because, because my understanding that if you rate a firm, you don't have to censor it anymore. Meaning that if the firm is so uh, sensational, you rate it 18 and above. So, we do have, you do, so meaning that only 18 and above can watch it. So you don't have to censor it anymore. But in, in Malaysian case, they still censor it. And yet they read it and they still censor it. I think that is a bit of a confusion when it, come, when it comes to the censorship board. And that needs to be changed. That needs to be uh, seriously uh, thought of. I think they need, to, they need to change that. If you want to read a firm, you read a firm. You don't need to censor it. If you want to censor it, then by all means, then censor it. So, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I understand. I understand. And uh, are you working on any new projects at the moment, or any plans? Uh, there are a couple uh, feature films. I just finished uh, directing a tele movie, so I'm I'm directing another tele movie after the fasting month after Raya. Uh, but I guess uh, for every filmmakers, I think I think the thing that gets us the most excited, exciting, is a feature film. So uh, I have one uh, in the works right now, uh, my second feature film. So hopefully everything went well that we can either shoot it by this year or maybe early next year. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I guess that's it. Okay. Uh, thank you very thank much, Jeffrey, for you your much. time and for being here in ASEAN Movie Pulse interviews. I'm Panos Kodzathanasis and we will see you soon again. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Okay.